Good morning. Welcome to Zion on the 17th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, as we begin our announcements time, first I'm going to have Mary come up to make an announcement for us. I want to cordially invite everyone this Saturday to please come to Zion at 10.30 for the ordination of Vicar Ryan. So right here in our sanctuary. Um, I think it'll be an uplifting service, something that we've all been looking forward to. So we encourage you to come and participate in this. There's a full catered meal after the service. So please come hungry and plan on staying. We waited for this day. And also, um, after church, up here around the piano, uh, we really like to sing. We're going to practice today just some simple, a simple song that we want to sing during Harvest Home, our Harvest Home celebration. So we will practice this Sunday after church and next Sunday after church. So if you can stay and help us sing, that would be great. So thank you. Thanks, Mary. And again, just to reiterate, uh, I would be blessed to have you all at the service next Saturday, 10.30. Uh, Will be a, it will be a nice service. One of my favorite preachers, Pastor Mike Hughes, will be preaching at the service. And of course, the bishop is presiding. Um, and there'll be all the pomp and circumstance that comes with that. So uh, looking forward to it. And all of you are part of my discernment journey and have been supportive throughout the last two years. So would love to see you there. Love, love to have you there. Uh, Mary mentioned choir practicing for Harvest Home. Again, make sure that's marked on your calendars. Harvest Home is Sunday the 16th, so plan to be there with us uh, for the service and for the meal afterward. Uh, on your way out today, if you haven't checked your mailboxes, make sure you do so. Your financial statements will be in there, and if you haven't picked up your October newsletters, they will be in there as well. Uh, so make sure you check those out. Uh, are there other announcements for the congregation or other prayer requests that you might have? Yeah, Kathy. Um, just pray for our friends, Carol and Jim Powell. They lost their home last week in the hurricane in Inglewood, Florida. Yeah, for the Powells. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Pray for a friend of mine, uh, Marshall Sykes. She was in the ATVX. She's currently in a Okay, and Marcia. All right, I'll invite you then to take a moment to quiet your hearts and quiet your minds as we prepare for worship and listen to the prelude.
gegeven. Van, nou, en weet je dus dan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Benevolent, merciful God, when we are empty, fill us. When we are weak in faith, strengthen us. When we are cold in love, warm us, that with fervor we may love our neighbors and serve them for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. A reading from Habakkuk. 
The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me so wrongdoing, and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack, and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous, therefore judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watchpost and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not delay. Look at the proud, their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. The word of the Lord. We will read responsibly Psalm 37. Do not be provoked by evildoers. Do not be jealous of those who do wrong. They shall soon wither like the grass, and like the green grass fade away. Put your trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and find safe pasture. Take pride in the Lord, who shall give you your heart's desire. The Lord will make your vindication as clear as the light and the justice of your case like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently. Do not be provoked by the one who prospers, the one who succeeds in evil schemes. Refrain from anger, leave rage alone. Do not be provoked, it leads only to evil. A reading from 2 Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. 
Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher, and for this reason I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me in the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, Come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later, you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you. I invite you to be seated and children, I invite you to come forward. All right, I have in this cup a little mustard seed. I don't want to lose it, so I put it in a cup. Can you see it in there? Sort of. Do you see it in there, rattling around? Magda, do you see it? Is it a big seed? It's not very big, is it? It's kind of this little tiny seed. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus says to his disciples, if you had faith, like if you had trust, if you had belief that big, you could do great things. You could tell a mulberry tree to be uprooted and go plant itself in the sea. You could do remarkable, impossible things with faith that big. Is that very big? No. Well, what I think Jesus wants us to know in this gospel is that faith sometimes can look that big. Right? Our faith doesn't have to look gigantic. It doesn't have to look impressive. It doesn't have to look glorious to be powerful in God's kingdom. 
Sometimes God wants us to do really simple things, and it's the really simple things that are really important in his kingdom. Things like praying for someone, things like saying kind words, things like forgiving, things like helping a friend or helping a neighbor. Right, those are things that maybe in the grand scheme of things in the world, they look really tiny, like this mustard seed. But what God tells us is those things are really important. Those things are really powerful. Those things are really magnificent in his kingdom. Let me pray for you. Lord, help us to have the faith of a mustard seed, to know, Lord, and to trust in you that when we act in faith and in love, you will do great things through us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's an old story about a traveler who's walking through medieval Europe. One rainy day while walking, he comes across two peasants pushing large rocks through the mud. The first peasant is cursing and sweating and just having a miserable time of it. And the traveler stops and asks him, what are you working on? The peasant answers, well, isn't it obvious? I'm trying to get this darn rock out of this darn mud. The second peasant stops and looks at the traveler and answers his question and says, well, I am building a cathedral. Like the work of these peasants, so much of our own work becomes most valuable when the end is in mind. Right, One peasant is stuck being miserable over the difficulties of the task, while the other one remembers that his work is leading to something beautiful, something that will last for centuries and inspire believers for centuries. And it's with this in mind that I've really been drawn to our reading from 2 Timothy this morning. 2 Timothy is a kind of a last word from St. Paul to the young man he has mentored in the ministry. Paul is writing from prison in Rome, and he's sharing some of his pastoral wisdom with Timothy, and he's giving him encouragement as he joins the next generation of leadership in the church. And what he tells Timothy, we see that ministry boils down to two basic directives. In verses 13 and 14, Paul says to Timothy, Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you have heard from me and the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Those two phrases are key in this passage. Hold to the standard and guard the good treasure. That, of course, is the fundamental job of those in professional ministry of pastors and clergy Above all else, they are called to guard the good treasure that was handed to them, and they are to hold to the standard of sound teaching. But it's also the responsibility of the church, that is, of each faithful Christian. It's every Christian's responsibility to hold to the standard and to guard the good treasure of the gospel. And what we see is that this is not always the most glorious work. Notice that Paul doesn't tell Timothy, go be a world changer. He doesn't tell him to go write great books, to get degrees. He doesn't tell him to grow the church or double the size of church attendance. 
He doesn't tell him to become a world-famous preacher, to become someone of status. In fact, Paul doesn't tell Timothy to do any kind of innovation at all. Instead, Paul tells Timothy to guard what was handed to him and to then pass that down uncorrupted to the next generation. Well, that's not always the most glorious of work. Like pushing a rock through the mud, that can be a boring, difficult task. It can be a task that's without thanks. But knowing that the rock is going to be part of a cathedral can make all the difference. Knowing that the task of handing down, of guarding what has been given to us, is something great in the kingdom of God can make all the difference. St. Paul gives us an illustration. He makes reference in this passage to Lois and Eunice. Writing to Timothy, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure in you. These two ladies are immortalized in the words of Scripture because of their faithfulness in raising Timothy in the faith. In their faith, they guarded the treasure of the gospel and they handed it down to Timothy, who would then work with the Apostle Paul, who would then guide the church once the apostles had died, who would become a great leader in the church. And it's Lois and Eunice, just two women named without husbands, named without men, who are commented here upon Paul as doing something remarkable. But on the other hand, many of you might imagine that the work of Lois and Eunice was not always easy and glorious work. Many of you know what it is to raise children and grandchildren in the faith. It can be a difficult job. Of course, it's work that requires you to get kids to church. That's not always glorious work. Little children fuss and make noise. You gotta get them up and get them dressed and get them ready. Older children can be worse because they develop attitudes. Kids get busy, and it can be tiring navigating all of that. And even more than that, it's a willingness to do the dirty work of forming your children and grandchildren differently than the world forms them, about helping them to see that the greatest priority in their life is Christ, helping them to understand their identity as a child of God, to value love and compassion, forgiveness and gentleness, honesty and hope, that those are the most important parts of their character. Concretely, it's saying, no, hey, we don't talk like that. We don't use that language. We don't treat our brothers and sisters like that. We don't watch this kind of movie, listen to that kind of music, and so on. And all of that day-to-day -day guarding and keeping the treasure can be like pushing a rock through the mud. Even when your children are off and grown, it can be difficult work. Perhaps your grown children don't prioritize the faith. Maybe they don't really believe it despite all of your efforts while they were young children. I think often of St. Monica, the mother of the great father of the church, St. Augustine. Monica tried to do what was right with Augustine, but as a young man and into adulthood, he was wild. He rejected Christianity. He wanted to be a well-respected academic professor. He wanted to be the center of all the parties that were happening in the city. And he saw Christianity as kind of a backward religion. It wasn't sophisticated enough for him. But his mother Monica pushed the rock through the mud. Every day she prayed for his salvation. Every day she held on to the hope that her child would return 
to the faith. And eventually God did come to him. And Augustine became a great bishop and a great theologian and teacher of the church. But Monica's day-to-day persistence, holding on to the faith, guarding the treasure of the gospel, that was the rock. That was the rock that became the foundation of the cathedral that was Augustine's life and influence. Likewise, there was probably someone in your life, or many people perhaps, that were Lois or Eunice or Monica for you. There was someone committed to guarding the treasure of the gospel so that it would be passed down to you. And they did not care for you for their own glory, but because they wanted you to know what a true gift Jesus Christ is for you. For me, as I've written about in the newsletter before, it was Mr. Jim Brown. And Mr. Jim Brown was kind of an unassuming man, a quiet man, but he faithfully taught Sunday school for years to elementary and middle school age boys. That's not always the most appreciated job. It's not a glorious job, not always an easy job. But Jim Brown, for me, guarded the treasure of the gospel. And that allowed me also to learn the value of Jesus Christ for me. But you as baptized Christians have a great treasure to guard. You have a great treasure to hold on to. Paul says that this treasure is that God called us with a holy calling, not according to works, but according to his own purpose and grace, the grace that was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Christ Jesus, who abolished death, who brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's the treasure that's been given to us, the treasure of Jesus Christ who brings us life. And so Paul would have us reminded, guard that treasure, preserve it in your heart, and then allow the Holy Spirit to pass it on through you. And it's a reminder here in 2 Timothy that passing it on and guarding it It's not always the most glorious work. Teaching Sunday school, showing your children how to pray, being generous to those in need, showing up for others, being honest, whatever it might be, those are not always the most glorious task. They can be rocks in the mud. But be encouraged that through you, God is working to build a cathedral. When you are faithful to live out your vocation as a parent, as a brother, a sister, as a child, as a neighbor, as a church member, the Holy Spirit is using you to share the treasure of the gospel. And it's so easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get down. It's easy to wonder if our efforts make any difference at all. But God wants us to know that what we do in this life as his children is not done in vain. He has saved us and he has given us a holy calling a calling to live our lives, showing others the goodness of Jesus Christ through our words and actions. Amen.
Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten of God for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, receive our thanks that you preserve your word in this world of uncertainty, confusion, and lies. Grant us to love your word and rejoice in your promises that we may live in your peace. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, remember our pastors whom you have called to a holy calling. Embolden them in their testimony concerning our Lord and strengthen them by your power to courageously suffer for the gospel and to guard the good treasure entrusted to them. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Timothy learned of Christ from his faithful grandmother Lois and his faithful mother Eunice. Bless all faithful parents and grandparents that they might bear witness to Christ to their children. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, preserve us from paralyzed law and perverted justice. Strengthen those whom you have placed in authority to govern wisely, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, that we might live free of strife and contention. Lord, in your mercy. God of all grace, remember those who suffer from violence, strife, illness, affliction, disaster, especially Owen, Tom, Ray, Marilyn, Nancy, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Marcia, Alan, the Childs family, the Pals, and for all of those who are recovering from storm damage in Florida. Heal them and deliver them according to your will. And when your answer seems slow, strengthen them by Christ's righteousness to await your timing to live by faith. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, though we are unworthy servants, you clothe us in your son's righteousness and prepare a supper for us. Let us come with repentant hearts to receive Christ's body and blood, ever grateful that he 
has become the suffering servant who went to the cross for us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our Receive our thanks for the callings you have given us. Grant that we might rejoice to labor in service to you until you gather us at your banquet table in heaven. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, 
we praise your name and join their unending hymn. You are indeed holy, almighty, and merciful God. You are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. <clears throat> Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with the heavenly blessing and grace in receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Serve the Lord. <laughs>